Are you ready, eager young space cadet? Meep, meep. I call a pussy supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Hello and welcome to Of Course You Realize This Means Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Graves, and with me today is my very talented and podcaster herself wife, Sabina Graves. Hey, podcaster, myself. Yes, sort of. <laughs> you are on a show today. Yes, Your own true. show. My own show. It's a limited series. About? About Halloween, the Halloween franchise, and all of the movies that live in it, because uh, Michael Myers is his own multiverse. He pretty much is, and there's a lot of content to explore there, just as there's a lot of a, a lot of content to explore within the Looney Tunes franchise, which we're about to do on this all-inclusive news episode called Tuned In. La la la! And basically, we're going to do a rundown from every news article that we missed from October until yesterday, which is a lot. But thankfully, we've been gifted so many projects that I'm really excited to talk about all of these. But first, I hope everybody heads over to the Patreon at patreon.com backslash this means podcast, where you can find exclusive content there, including me playing through levels of Looney Tunes World of Mayhem and future videos and content of extended podcasts. And special appearances by Gus Gus. And special appearances by our dog, Gus Gus who is always a character in his own right. The Facebook site is also uh, available for more content and you can follow me on This Means Podcast over there and This Means Pod on Twitter and Instagram. So without further ado, let's get into some news. What's up, Doc? All right, sister, out with it. Let's have it. Where, when, how, who, who? So the first thing that we wanted to cover were the Animaniacs and Tiny Toons reboots. The Tiny Toons reboot was announced after the success of the Animaniacs. And this one brings a lot of joy to my heart because I grew up on this series and the games and the comics and just everything around these characters was really smart. And I thought that Spielberg and Tom Ruger, who developed it, did a really good job of bringing the classic Looney Tunes style to a new generation and giving us kids, kid versions of Bugs and Daffy and Porky and everybody. I thought that was really smart. And now there's going to be a continuation series. And it is going to follow those characters becoming professional tunes, which I think is really fun. Did you have any history watching Tiny Toons growing up? I was a Tiny Toon when Tiny Toons came out. <laughs> And our dog would agree. <laughs> um. I did watch it. I have just vague memories of certain episodes Mm -hmm. that were just on, like, elevator go up, elevator go down, and, like, the the toilet one. Yeah, water go down the hole. Water go down the hole. (laughs) So, I mean, like, that sort of stuff is just ingrained in my, like, tune genetics in my brain. (laughs) You have tune genetics? Yes. This I mean, is like, why you're my wife. This is why I'm your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I am maybe part myself. 
Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. Um, were you older than the age of the characters when you watched it? Or were you about the age of the characters? I was, I was definitely like a toddler. I was about the age of the characters. They were about eight or nine or mm-hmm. ten yeah. uh, in the show. And that's how old I was when it came out. I remember watching it when I was like five four or five or six like so definitely like the the age difference between us right but it definitely hit that demographic of young kids growing up and watching the reruns of looney tunes and wanting more content and now we had new uh content to look forward to new characters to attach ourselves to respectively and i thought they did a really good job of making them unique in their own way because it's not like a carbon copy of bugs like as a kid like but buster and babs are their own characters right was this maybe in response to i'm sorry i'm bringing my my team into this is this maybe in response to disney creating characters um for like you know or, or like sort of creating shows for characters like um huey dewey and louie and like having those sort of be like the stars of their shows during that time like what premiered first like was it DuckTales and then Tiny Toons or was it Tiny Toons and DuckTales or were they around around the same time I think DuckTales was first I want to say because the DuckTales movie came out in 89 or 90 and I saw that in theaters and so Disney was definitely a part of the let's give Ken versions of yeah. our, our uh, of the Fab, Five, Fab Five characters you know. to kids. And I think I think that definitely inspired uh, the creation of this show along with Bonkers and like all the other uh, Disney afternoon cartoons that came after that. So yeah, for sure. And I think you're definitely hitting on something that is inherent in the Warner Brother animation history. And it's that Disney started something and then Warner Brothers parodies it or does something to one-up it in some way. And that's how we get classics like What's Up or Doc as a response to Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> or Fantasia. You're right. It was a response to Fantasia, um, but it came out at the same time as Sleeping Beauty. Mm. With this news, unfortunately, we were told that some characters would not be returning, and in that list was Elmira, voiced by uh, Cree Summer. Which I strongly disagree with. I do too, but I'm hopeful that she'll return in some capacity, maybe a new character for this series. No, totally. No, listen, like, so I follow the dog rescue that we got our dog Gus Gus from, and the woman who runs that dog rescue... She is legitimately adult Elmira, but not <laughs> but not in like what Elmira used to do to animals. She is constantly like saving so many dogs, like all the time. And then constantly being like, we need fosters. We need money. We need supplies. Can you help us? Can you foster a dog? Can you get us the supplies? Like, and I'm just like, that's what Elmira should be. She should be like a really overly enthusiastic child who saves every animal and like is a handful in in that regard of being a little overbearing, but like with really good intention. So definitely like swapping the problematic aspects of that character that won't fly right now, Mm -hmm. but definitely basing it on our, (laughs) our rescues like owner who's amazing. Like she's doing amazing things. I love her, but like her utter enthusiasm just totally like gives me Elmira vibes. 
I love that. I think they definitely could do that. And that would also go into the never ending uh, uh, quest to accomplish a goal, which is to save all dogs, to save all animals. And that would be in the same vein as Elmer always going after the rabbit, always like being persistent. And I think as long as you keep that character as a persistent uh, uh, mindset or personality, I think that that still fits in this world. And you could do it to the nth degree. And she's trying to save every dog and she's trying to save every animal that comes over. And, you know, it's helping society instead of hindering one or two animals that come her way and she has to snuggle them to death. Um, so unfortunately we don't have Elmira and unfortunately we don't have Tom Ruger, um, involved. He's the one that created Animaniacs and Tiny Toons. So we'll see what the brass over at Warner Brothers has in store for us. And I trust Sam Register over there. And I hope that there's a lot of love and passion in this project because I have love and passion for it. And I know a lot of fans that grew up with these characters hold them dear to them. So there's a, there's a lot of pressure out there to get this right. And I hope they do. And I hope that there's enough inclusive voices uh, heard to make this something that can stand the test of time like the original show did in the 90s. So transitioning into the Animaniacs reboot, I just want to give a quick shout out to two shows that I have had the pleasure of joining in discussions on the Animaniacs reboot over at Hulu. One is called The Animaniacast. And I highly recommend everybody go and look them up. They're a really fun group of, gu- of two guys and one woman who discuss Animaniacs from a position of love and care. And they, they love the show more than anyone I know. And I really admire that. And I hope that we can throw some support their way. And the other one was the Countdown City Geek cast, and they're based out of San Antonio, Texas, and they're currently hit with a lot of cold weather and a lot of issues going on right now with water pipes and everything. So I just want to send a heartfelt wish out there to those that are dealing with that, that there is a silver lining in all this and that there is hope and that they get Uh, the help they need to get back on their feet and that the storm ends very soon. Um, I know I have family over there as well, so it's uh, hitting a lot of us. But um, basically, it was a rendition of two shorts with Wacko, Yakko, and Dot and a Pinky in the Brain thrown in for good measure. It was missing a lot of characters, a lot of fan favorites that were not involved And that was kind of a real bummer, but I thought the show overall was enjoyable. It had a old sensibility of it, of the comedy, and it had a modern take on politics, which was fun, Um, especially the Cyclops Trump one that I really liked. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh, don't invoke his name. He's gone now. True. Um, You know, it was crazy. I, I remember watching the episodes, or some of the episodes with you, Animaniacs growing up, I did watch a lot, but I, for whatever reason, just were, was too busy to really get into this Hulu season. But I, you know, I enjoyed a lot of the social commentary, which is really funny because a lot of people were up in arms about that. But yeah. Animaniacs was always uh, very much a parody of what was going on 
in politics at the time back in the 90s. So it's kind of wild that they were like, don't put this in the cartoons. But it, it's always been there, you know, no matter what way you cut it. Honestly. Bill Clinton was playing a saxophone in the intro to the original. Yeah. <laughs> like it was always political. Yeah. So, yeah. It doesn't matter what side you're on. It was always political. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought it did a really good job of towing that line of not overly preaching uh, and being really funny. And I, I really liked the Suffragette song that Dot got to sing where it was cartoon should have a right to vote. I've just been informed that cartoons don't have the right to vote. This won't stand. This won't fly. No animation without representation. We toast 100 years of women voting in our nation. But as a disenfranchised tune, I seek emancipation. Saluting my foremothers in star-spangled petticoats. I respectfully submit it's time to give cartoons the vote. Let's all march on Washington. Let's fight the fight. I thought that was really fun because um, it started with uh, the history of women getting to vote. And then she finds out that she's a cartoon character and can't vote. <laughs> and then she's like, well, wait, what? I need to vote, too. Yeah, that was it was hilarious. There were two little nods at Looney Tunes reboots. Uh, there was a fun gag where it said Looney Tunes again on a billboard. And then in the same song, it's uh, it was called the reboot song, I believe. Um, they had a fun reference of Looney Tunes Zombies, which I think needs to be its own show, but we'll get to that later. (laughs) Um, what did you think of Animaniacs on Hulu? It's also really weird to watch. I think also part of the reason why I was really weirded out watching it was because, um, growing up, the Warner Brothers studio seemed like a crazy, like, magical place where the Animaniacs lived, and that was my only, um real connection to what that place was and as an adult I've worked at the Warner Brothers studio (laughs) since and it's really weird to kind of like um see a place that you went to every day before before in the before times because that that was like part of my jobs before in the before times yes I was before COVID before COVID Uh, I I wear many hats. I do many things like write spooky animation and I also write for my own self right now. But um, one of the day jobs I had was being a temp as an assistant at Warner Brothers. And there is specifically a gag that I do remember that I did really enjoy. Um, what was that? The the producer lady in the beginning of the new season. Yes. yes. Who kind of pulls the ladder up behind her sort of vibe. There is a lot of that in the real life, definitely. <laughs> so that 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 hit real real close to home. That's like uh, wild. But then not everyone's like that. Obviously, I actually had the good fortune of working with amazing female producers at the Warner Brothers lot. Well, t- actually adjacent at, at Cartoon Network. Uh, I worked with women who make amazing things over there and are so cool and stuff. So it was wild just to see, just to see like my place of work that I tempt at, like just on screen again in this like crazy wacky world and stuff, because it's like, does this mean that I have like a tune avatar that's running around in the Animaniacs? Cause that would be cool. Probably. But we love the people over at Cartoon Network and um, 
<laughs> we hope that uh, they get all these projects off the ground, and we're really excited about them. Yeah, and Warner Brothers Animation and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone is awesome. I just, I did not mean to misrepresent people, but I'm talking about just a specific gag that you know they reference because I'm, I'm sure they put it in there for a reason. You know, um, but <laughs> yeah. So it, it's still, it's still, it's still funny and weird to watch. Um, and every time I walk by the water tower, I, I honestly think that uh, the Animaniacs live there. Because so. they do. Because they do. They do live in there. And now their house is painted blue. Yeah, which is very so odd. they have to figure that out. <laughs> they have a new door. It they have a new door. blue and white. Um, I really love this, this reboot, and I think it's worth your time if you haven't checked it out yet. And I'll have a full-on review coming on the podcast soon. Um <laughs> I uh, I went in depth a bit on some episodes and just talked about my favorite moments and I think I think everyone will get a kick out of it so that's coming soon. So that was October and November respectively. The December era of 2020 was interesting because we had the drop of a Bugs Bunny Christmas special or holiday special rather. Uh, nothing like some hot carrot tea in front of a warm fire. This was really fun because it took my favorite character and put him at the center of a holiday special, which is always great. And it it allowed to it allowed the characters to do holiday centered gags, which I always enjoy in cartoons, but also in live action. Anytime a character is taken out of their regular doe drum life and put into a holiday setting, it's always a joy to watch. And the way that they incorporated the snow gags and the, um, the, the Santa's elves and just like all of this world building that they did around a Looney Tunes Christmas, I thought that was really fun. Um, so yeah, I uh, I really like this. What did you think of the holiday special? <laughs> I don't know how much your your holiday uh, fandomness has jumped out in the podcast or if this is the first they're hearing about it. But um, in the Graves household, we take holidays very seriously. Uh, at least for the latter half of the year, our house transforms completely into a spooky land or like... A, a winter wonderland. Or a winter wonderland. <laughs> um, so we were so, so excited about the Looney Tunes holiday special. And we made like a whole night out of it. And we watched it and had like hot cocoa. Um, so it just, it was really nice, you know, in, in the craziness of the past year and stressfulness to have like, you know, like a, a night by the TV that felt like, you know, a, a traditional holiday event. Yeah, it was like know? a throwback. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't get these anymore. Like, what was the last time there was a, a holiday special in a cartoon? Like, was it like Snoopy? The Peanuts gang doing their Christmas special? Like, there there had to be something after that, but... It's so yeah. rare that it happens. So thank you, HBO Max, for putting this out there. Yeah. I mean, it was this and the Mariah Carey special that we watched. Apple, Apple Plus. Plus. They did have a which Mariah had Carey the special. Which it. did have the peanuts in it. Because yes. Apple owns the peanuts now. Yes. But yeah, that was really nice to, to do like a fun holiday. 
thing. And I'm really bummed out that they didn't like release any merchandise for the holiday special. I am so bummed that they didn't because in this se- in between the segments, they have these live action pieces where they actually created these ornaments. And these ornaments are beautiful. And according to one of the set designers, there were plans to make ornaments for that this past Christmas. And they got scrapped because of the pandemic, because of factory settings and everybody. So, And I want some Looney Tunes ornaments. Uh, I remember when I was a child, we would do these like drives during the holidays of these magazines that would be like home goods. But then also have like um, cookies and tins and wrapping paper options and ornament options for gifts. And we would like sell these products. Like it felt like Avon, but for school fundraising, I would say. I don't know if you'd had that in Texas. No. But in California, we had that. And one of like the things I remember is mostly like my mom and me selling stuff to people from it for my school but then also buying way too many things so whatever we would make like we would just end up spending ourselves as well during the fundraiser and one of the things i would always buy were these like itty bitty looney tunes ornaments they were like the size of like smaller than army men i would say like the size of a nickel Yes, they were like really tiny and had like small little hoops. So they were like really itty bitty ornaments. And I just remember like buying those and mostly just playing with them as toys. Wow, that's <laughs> so, cool. So when you mentioned that they were thinking about doing the ornaments, I was just like, ah, it would have been so awesome. I wish I had kept those, honestly. Like, Me too. If those had like, if I ever see those on eBay, I would, I would totally buy that. And like now I'm like wondering about this whole like school drive thing. I hope. Other people remember that whole thing. I'm going to ask my friends around and be like, do you guys remember when we had to sell stuff like Avon ladies? (laughs) (laughs) And there was like fandom stuff in there. So weird, but awesome. As long as it wasn't a pyramid scheme. (laughs) I I would not be surprised. Well, that's cool. So this special was about 30 minutes long, too short if you ask me. And they had a Taz segment, which is the, this is the first time we've seen Taz in the Looney Tunes cartoon series. Me, me, me. (laughs) And I thought he was, he was pretty funny. Like uh, Fred Tattashore does his voice and I felt that he had captured the the grunts correctly. Mm -hmm. And his uh non-english english where he's like i carol now and he starts singing um and then there's one segment where he actually does sing and it's beautiful (laughs) it's like a a choir singer and that's really fun i'll go into a full depth review of the entire thing and at another time for patreon Um, as an exclusive for patreon possibly and just overall i had a really fun time with it my favorite segments were probably the elves with Daffy and Porky when they meet Santa. Because anytime Santa is animated, that's for me. That's my content. <laughs> but then also getting Santa bugs is fun too. Santa bugs is great. I love Santa bugs. Yes. But we didn't get Santa bugs in this. We didn't? No. <laughs> I think I'm just confusing Santa bugs with the actual Santa bugs I was trying to take you to see. Yes, you, you are. <laughs> Which is a thing, which is also a December thing. It is. We'll get there. We'll get okay, there. Okay. Uh, but but uh, rounding out this uh, Christmas special that we got, uh, the other favorite I had was when Elmer was trying to just obliterate Bugs because of his 
home being too close and he's trying to get the snow out of his driveway and it's going into bugs hole it's a whole thing but <laughs> i thought it was i thought it was very violent and enjoyable and in character for both of them yes i loved the merry mayhem yes and so much merry mayhem <laughs> so as sabina has alluded to there was another christmas event which was at six flags which one Magic Mountain. Magic Mountain here in California. It's the only one in California. (laughs) I might be wrong. I think there might be one in NorCal. Oh, okay. Uh, Maybe. I've never been there, though. There are a lot. There's so many. So many Six Flags. And they had an event where you could do a drive through the park, and it's lit up, Christmas lights everywhere, Christmas music playing everywhere, hot cocoa is just outside. And you can just go grab some hot cocoa from Coffee Bean that or somewhere us. and you can drive through, <laughs> well, yeah, drive through the park. It was a whole thing. Jonathan <laughs> has always talked to me about um, his experiences growing up going to Fiesta, Texas. Yeah. Six Flags and going to the holiday events there with like the Looney Tunes characters being out and about. and The main one was Astroworld. In Astroworld. Yeah, in and Houston. And basically being like, oh, one of these years when we go for the holidays, we should go check that out. And I I knew and was really familiar that we did that sort of thing here in California. The, the, the California Six Flags Magic Mountain is a very interesting place. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is, you know what? It has its own cult following. I respect it. Uh, some of my really good friends, like, love that place due to childhood memories. I have a lot of childhood memories from there, specifically of this ride called like the blender or something. The blender. That sounds awful. Yeah. So you basically were put in like a round room and like it would spin and like a blender and you would stick to the walls. That sounds terrible. I really like that. People probably did vomit. In, in my memory of it, the ground disappears, but I don't know if that's my memory of it or if that's like maybe a dream I had of it from the trauma of getting on this ride. But also this is this ride is the reason why this and like those like carnival um, alien ships that spun around a lot are like probably the reason why I like rides where like centrifugal forces messed with. Yeah. But I don't like drops. Well, that's a whole different dynamic. Drops are very scary. Yes. (laughs) Because they lift you up and you you raise out of your seat and it feels like you're you're falling forever. Yeah, no, don't like that. Even though there's like only two seconds of yourself actually falling. Yeah. But no. No, I get that. And and, well, going back to that, that is the reason why I never really frequented Magic Mountain either was because it was it's mostly a roller coaster park. So after, you know, I grew up and stuff, I just had no interest of really going back. But there are pictures of me and my family with like Daffy and Bugs um, as a kid. And, you know, just over the years, Jonathan and I have talked about revisiting a Magic Mountain Park, most likely in Texas. Six Flags. Or sorry, a Six Flags Park. (laughs) There's only one Magic Mountain. There's only one Magic Mountain. And thank God it's here. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But yeah, so that obviously didn't happen last year going to Texas and going to like a holiday in the park sort of thing over there. And it definitely changed here from what it usually is. So um, the first week that it opened, it happened to land on the week that um, our 10 p.m. curfews in California started. And I unfortunately bought tickets for like 9 p.m. 
This and I really wanted to surprise Jonathan. No. I did. I wanted to it surprise It was a wonderful you. surprise. I really loved the surprise. And I was really taken aback by that because I thought it was lovely. Yes. I mean, we did because we like would just drive around neighborhoods and like at lights anyways. And so this was like a really cool elevated version of that with like really loud music. And so they like went all out and stuff. Um, and there were um, performers along the route. And um, from what I've heard from friends who have passes, when you go through the route, there is just performers the entire time and people in costumes and stuff. But the whole reason that I was trying to take Jonathan to this was because they had a Santa Bugs. Yeah, Bugs Bunny is Santa costume. Yes. Just like he appears in the game, the Loonington's World of Mayhem. <laughs> And, and they, they like also Daffy had Sylvester. And Sylvester as well, dressed yeah. up in holiday gear. Um, so as we're pulling up to this character meet and greet, although it's a faux meet and greet because you can't actually you can't get actually out of your get car. car. But we did see a lot of like carolers and like marching band musicians. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it was really cool. And we did wait a really long time in line. So we didn't know what was about to unfold. <laughs> there was, there was a holdback on the cars. Cause I think they got overcrowded at one point, but as we're rolling up, the clock turns 10 and literally turns 10 as we reach like the Looney Tunes. <laughs> the characters slowly make their way off stage. And I see the back of Bugs Bunny in Santa costume in the back of Sylvester as they go backstage and leave the park for the forever. <laughs> uh. But I was I was glad that we got to see the back of them, at least. <laughs> and then we roll up to Santa's... Uh, to Mrs. To to Mrs. Mrs. Claus's, Mrs. Claus's house. section, and she wasn't there. And she's not there, and we get to Santa's sleigh, and, and he's he wasn't not there. there. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they definitely had to take the performers off stage as soon as curfew hit, you know, to make sure that people got home safely and, like, quickly, probably. They abandon us quicker than the lawyer abandons the kids in Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it so, was so really yeah. pretty. <laughs> It was really pretty. It was really nice, and it was a really nice gesture, and thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Better like this year. Exactly. Um, so that all happened in December, along with my birthday and Christmas, where I was gifted a Pop Funko figure of Bugs uh, in multiple costumes, and those were the 80th anniversary celebrations, uh, which is really fun, and they had... The dancing bugs with the pineapple hat and all the fruit and everything. And they had one where he's in a tuxedo. And I was just overjoyed to have those in my collection. I will be doing an unboxing of the Bugs Bunny 80th Anniversary Collection Blu-ray on the Patreon. So head over to Patreon and uh, subscribe for that content. And I can't wait to dive into that Blu-ray that I got for my birthday. Yeah. So that's really fun. Box Lunch had a Tiny Toons Adventures t-shirt that I got in December as well. And I wore for my birthday. In addition to the Box Lunch uh, Funko exclusives. Yes. And also Box Lunch had Valentine's Day uh, Lola and Bugs matching tie-dye shirts. So Box Lunch has been carrying a lot of Looney Tunes merchandise currently. Which is a really good sign because it means... That they'll probably get Space Jam 2 stuff. <laughs> and that's what I'm waiting for. So let's transition into Space Jam 2. 
Welcome to the Space Jam. Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got the real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. We had brief footage from a HBO Max teaser where it is giving out the information to new subscribers that movies will be day and date release in theater and on HBO Max at the same time. Uh, the first of its kind, uh, I mean, unless you're including Netflix, which already did this a couple years ago, but, uh, this is a big studio doing it. So it's a big deal. And we have a whole lineup of movies that are coming to HBO max and theater. But the big one for us is space jam two. And another big one for us is Tom and Jerry and the Tom and Jerry review will be on my Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) but i'll also do a mini review here on the podcast as well um i believe that comes out next week so that's exciting yeah i guess so i am not a fan of these simultaneous releases i mean actually i'm fine with there being simultaneous releases because you know it, it increases accessibility for people to be able to see the movie um, depending on like their situation obviously we're all in this covid situation we're all in this together (laughs) um i strongly prefer to see big movies like this on a big screen um there have been some films that we've watched at home that i have enjoyed as a home release but when it comes to like just like the the big greats you know you know you're you're paying for a pay-per-view of a of a of a like a big summer champion. release. I I and, fully intend to track being down. Person. <laughs> I fully intend on tracking down an IMAX and watching Space Jam on it. Oh no, for sure. We are driving somewhere. Yeah. Wherever. Five thousand miles, I don't care. We're gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever it is playing. Wherever it is playing. We will, we will be there. Go <laughs> with a mask and a face shield. I'll wear eighty masks. We will wear like... and goggles and a cape. <laughs> Whatever it takes yes. to keep it off of me and the seat that I'm sitting on. Yeah. For sure. I would rent a whole movie theater for you if we could. Thank you. Yes. But so far, we've seen two seconds of footage, and I'm super hyped. Basically, it's Bugs Bunny and his overly shocked expression, and his ears droop down, and LeBron is looking up at some thing, taking away some silhouette of a thing, and possibly Dino from the Flintstones is there. Who knows what's happening? I'm super excited. Let's do it. Yes. It looks bonkers bananas, and I I'm into it. I want to see this this mashup. I don't know much about the plot. So the only other thing that we've seen is a tie-in commercial with Bugs and LeBron playing Xbox. Watch up, Doc. Oh, hey, Bugs. You up for a quick match on Xbox? Yeah, I could get loony with you. Why don't you tell our friends about the contest while I do my pre-game warm-up? Of course. Hey, everyone. It's LeBron. In our new film, Space Jam, A New Legacy, we'll be taking you on an exciting ride through Warner Brothers' most iconic characters. And Bugs and I have to battle and play some ball against an evil AI. And now we're inviting you to create a total unique, one-of-a-kind arcade-style video game that will launch an Xbox Game Pass, inspired by our film, Space Jam, A New Legacy. And this is a shout out to all those game developers out there that want to try to design their own Bugs Bunny in Space Jam basketball level in a... I guess, a download digital game for a Space Jam tie-in, which is really fun. I had the Space Jam game when it came out on the, I want to say it was the SNES or after that. 
I don't remember. Maybe it was, no, it was after Sega. The first PlayStation, maybe? Yeah, that sounds right. The first PlayStation had a tie-in game with Space Jam, and I played that to death. It was so fun. And they had little scenes where you could, like, try to go into Michael Jordan's house and find his shorts and shoes and avoid the dog. It was wild. Wild, I tell you. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's wild. I'm not a gamer, so I don't know anything you're talking about. All I'm saying is you get to play as Bugs Bunny in a video game, and I'm there. Cool. Anytime that happens, I'm there. I'm excited to see more Lola Bunny. Yes, more Lola Bunny. Lola was a very prominent character in the Looney Tunes show, which was an offshoot that put Bugs and Daffy as roommates. And they had Lola Bunny running around being boy crazy and voiced by Kristen Wiig. And it was just the best. I really enjoyed her rendition of that character, even though it was... Very strong A-type personality. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Kristen Wiig's Lola Bunny is fantastic. And she she is a loony too. I'm so bored. I read all my magazines. I did the crossword. I ate all my peanuts. I ate all your peanuts. <laughs> I peed four times. Oh, I feel like I've been on this plane forever. Flight attendants, please prepare the cabin for takeoff. How long is this flight again? Ten hours. Ten hours there and ten hours back. That's 20 of your 24 hours. Mmm, someone's good at math. <laughs> That's what I love about you. That and your smile. Oh, and your frown. And that in-between smile and frown face. And your profile. She was the looniest out of all those characters. She was looniest, looniest Looney Tune. And I, I definitely want to shout out one of the movies that we did see during this time. Uh, which was Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, which is basically a live action Muppet and Looney Tunes movie. It is bonkers. It is crazy. It but is so fun. But so fun. And Kristen Wiig plays characters and I'm just like, I need more of them. She's she's just so versatile and, and can do pretty much anything. I wish some of that had shown in her characterization of Cheetah on Wonder Woman, the movie that basically turned me off of watching big movies on a small screen. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, it's fine. It's fine. I, you say that out of love because you wanted to watch it on the biggest screen and you were so mad that these spectacles were on your tiny TV. Yes. But Barb and Star... I, I'm actually also excited to see them on the big screen, but it is a great, like, at-home comedy to watch. And I think it did a really good job of transporting you to this fantastical, loony world. <laughs> that um, Of spies and, of spies and crazy and musicals. Musical and numbers. Talking animals. Talking and, crabs. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so it's so. And loony. Trish. And Trish. Oh my gosh, Trish. Trish. Trish was so right about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> she was. Uh, we highly recommend Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar if you can find it on, uh, not streaming. It's not streaming anywhere. You have to rent it. Like actually rent it. Anywhere you rent movies. Um, and it's from Lionsgate. Uh, so that'll be the only time we shout out Lionsgate. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Kristen Wiig as Lola Bunny is definitely... Uh, a standout of that show and it makes me want to go revisit it yeah i want to see more of her yes and her wackiness her wackiness uh so transitioning from 
that film to another film. Let's talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit real quick. Uh, Dave Bear passed away. He worked on, I mean, every Disney movie that you can imagine from your childhood, he had a hand in. Um, we're talking Great Mouse Detective, uh, Lion King, Tarzan, Emperor's New Groove, Treasure Planet. Um, and most importantly, the reason why I bring it up is because he's the one that animated Mickey Mouse in the scene that Mickey and Bugs share in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. What's up, Doc? Jumping without a parachute? Kinda dangerous, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you could get killed, huh? You guys got a spare? Uh, Bugs does. Yeah? Yeah, but I don't think you want it. I do, I do. Give it to me. Gee, uh, uh, better let him have it, Bugs. Okay, Doc. Whatever you say, here's the spare. Thank you. <laughs> ah, no! This is a seminal scene from that film, but also in film history because it's the first time and one of the only times those two characters have ever been on screen together. And to have one of the animators behind it pass away, I feel like it's a big deal and deserves a shout out. Yes, may he rest in peace. Now we made it to yesterday. Yesterday there was a big Warner Brothers panel and they dropped some heavy... News. There are going to be new projects that are specifically aimed at getting younger audiences invested in Looney Tunes. And this is really exciting because it means there's more content for me to talk about. But also, <laughs> these are really fun because Lola's included in one of them. And the other one is one of my other favorites, which is anytime Tweety Bird and Mysteries are connected, it's just so much fun because I feel like. That character is so interested in true crime. It's crazy, but also just the ridiculousness of this bird helping a a podcaster go and solve mysteries. I mean, this is like made for me. It's totally made for you. <laughs> so uh, let's break down the shows that we were given. So Bugs Bunny Builders. With Lola. With Lola. And Daffy and Tweety and Porky and Bugs um, is about a group of toons who are building some crazy infrastructures for the Acme Company. And I feel like this is a really fun, like, preschool type show that Disney has been doing this for ages. Like, they have so many projects with Mickey Mouse for kids and Bugs has never had them. And so, yeah, there's like multiple mickey verses at the same time of like mickey's like preschool house exactly or the winnie the pooh series series. and oh so looney tunes has looney tune babies and that's about it (laughs) so this is really exciting because we're gonna get looney tune babies and tiny tunes no no looney tune babies is specifically for preschoolers Uh, but that's the only preschooler show that we've had Um, up until this announcement. And so um, Bugs Bunny Builders is going to have the solid comedic foundation of the iconic Looney Tunes and bring wackiness, humor, slapstick into a world of construction. And I feel like not only would my nephew like this, but I feel like my future son would like this. Our future daughter. daughter would like this. Yeah, like this is this is like prime 
my kid territory, I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because we're the graves and they will dig us. So the Acme Construction Company, uh, Bugs Bunny and Lola. I thought also because your father has a construction company. I mean, that too. (laughs) That too. So Bugs Bunny and Lola Bunny. So the whole family. Manage a crew of builders that, quite frankly, should not be anywhere near a construction site. However, by working together as a team, Daffy, Porky, Tweety, and others use their tools and wild vehicles to pull off some of the looniest construction jobs ever. Nice. And this is uh, per The Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, this is exciting. This is, like, really fun. The uh, So the other project, uh, tentative title called Tweety Mysteries, is a live-action hybrid. It was a live-action hybrid? Yes. I thought it was animated. Live-action hybrid. Oh, my God. With Tweety. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you've seen Barb and Star, then you understand what Sabine is doing right now. <laughs> Uh, So it follows a tween investigative journalist and podcaster named Sydney and her sidekick Tweety Bird working together. Damn, we missed the boat on having a racially ambiguous child by now (laughs) to star in this. We have. Um, Working together, they pair, uh, uh, the pair must solve various local mysteries in their small, quirky Washington state town. So I, I am very excited about this. And uh, just to throw them out there, um, the podcast will also cover the upcoming Gremlins show because Gremlins is tangentially related to Looney Tunes. And that has me really excited. Gremlins prequel is going to center around the uh, shop owner from the first film. And it is now going to star Ming-Na Wen and B.D. Wong from Jurassic Park. And I am so thrilled by this casting. I cannot you know, what has added to her, like, now she's <laughs> going into Warner Brothers. She's adding to her hat trick. She is, yeah. Because Mina Wen, uh, as we all know, basically has been in every, like, facet of Disney Yes. at this point. So Disney Animation, Mulan, mm-hmm. Disney Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, Mandalorian, Disney Marvel with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Disney Live Action with Mulan. and now she is like in the in in the tangentially the looney tunes but gremlins yeah yes so that's super exciting and then also there's going to be a new tom and jerry show tom and jerry jr uh working title as well uh it's a series of animated musical shorts introducing the beloved cat and mouse duo to preschoolers with an educational twist Classic Tom and Jerry hijinks, chasing, pranking, outsmarting each other, set an entertaining and hilarious backdrop while a core learning curriculum based in education and essential readiness research turns the world created by the biggest rivalry in all of animation into a fun and playful cartoon classroom. So all of these projects are really fun. They sound right up any kid's alley and any adults, Ellie, who want to introduce them to their kids to these characters. And I think it's a really fun gateway into that world and establishing a connection at a really young age, which I was indoctrinated by Warner Brothers by their 50th Bugs Bunny birthday bash, which uh, subliminally taught me to always love Warner Brothers. And I have ever since. <laughs> so... Continue with the Warner Brother love and 
Um, I just, I just, I think there's, there's a lot of potential here with, uh, all these shows. I'm very excited for this slate of things to show our future children that is not the Minions. (laughs) 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 Or Baby Shark. Or Baby Shark. Yes. Uh, one can hope that there are catchy songs in these Warner Brother properties. Yes. So... That will do it as far as our tuned up rundown of the entire news in the Looney Land that we have collaborated on and talked about. If you have any thoughts, please comment down below and give me your thoughts on any of these yeah, projects. Let us, let us know what, what shows you're most excited for. Yeah. What are you looking forward to? Um, what do you hope for? in these shows or just any in the past like what did you like about the christmas special or the um you know the the reboot of animaniacs like just run it down and uh, let us know um you can follow the youtube channel on this means podcast and subscribe to that Mm -hmm. you can follow us on twitter and instagram at this means podcast or this means pod and the facebook page and also the Patreon at patreon.com backslash this means podcast. Yay! Where can the audience find you, Sabina? You can find me on Twitter at Sabina has no R. Because I, it doesn't. Because it doesn't. And uh, I usually tweet out whatever I'm doing at any given moment, whether it's uh, writing articles or breaking news for coming soon.net or sci fi wire. I also create a lot of horror content, and uh, you could find all that on there as well. Where can they find your podcast? My Halloween Never Dies podcast. That can be found on Spotify and Apple, wherever you find podcasts at Halloween Never Dies, a retrospective that's hosted by myself and my collaborator, Pacing Pete who sounds like a Looney Tune character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we definitely have a lot of fun breaking down the Halloween franchise and kind of like um, expanding our Halloween knowledge as well as folks who, you know, have, have loved the Halloween films definitely with, you know, maybe more of a focus on Halloween one through three and with various relationships to the other movies. Because yes. <laughs> um, there are so many of there them. There are so many of them. And yeah, that's a monthly retrospective podcast where we will be breaking down each movie leading up to the release of Halloween Kills this October. So find us on like the places you listen to podcasts. I would plug the social handles but they're kind of all over the place at the moment so (laughs) i will just plug my other social handles so you can also find me on instagram at that lady graves because that is also my name (laughs) (laughs) that one does have an r that one does. (laughs) so that will do it for this episode i wanted to also shout out uh, a supporter of the podcast uh, shannon butler thank you so much for the comments and the reception that you have given me and the podcast and we hope that you enjoy listening to future episodes and anyone else that wants to write us you can do so on uh, any of the platforms that i've mentioned previous um so please follow like subscribe and share with fellow Looney Tunes aficionados and fans as we all are. And as always, that's not all, folks.
Have a good day. You gotta, I say you gotta keep on your toes. Toes, that is.